You're listening to Arc Radio Podcast. Assalamualaikum ladies and gentlemen and good morning. Welcome to Green Dean, your environmental early morning wake up call. I'm your host Lindsay Taylor and I'd like to thank you all again for joining us this morning. Later on in the show we'll be joined by Zarina from Semvo to talk about, surprise surprise, the environment. But before we go over to Zarina, let's first talk and have a look back over the last couple of weeks because this unfortunately is the last show and it is the last weekend of Ramadan. Can you believe it? We're almost there, folks. We can so close to the end. We can see it. It's in sight. It's so exciting. And But let's, before we look forward, let's look back. So we had Lisa from South Seeds right at the very beginning of, of our programmes. And she talked about energy efficiency and energy. And, and right at the beginning of those programmes, we also talked about one thing, just one thing. If we could all pick one thing throughout the whole of the show, either individual shows such as Lisa or Kenny from Scottish Natural Heritage or any of our wonderful guests who we've had over the last couple of weeks, if we could pick just one thing that they had suggested to us or if we could pick one thing from each in every week, wouldn't that be amazing? And wouldn't we be able to to really make a difference if we all picked one thing. So did you manage to do this? Did you manage to pick something? One of the things that I managed to do was I changed my washing habits when it came to when it came to washing my clothes. So I got one of the eco-friendly eggs that you can put into your washing machine and you don't need to add any detergent or any anything and it washes and it's only 20 pounds. You can get it on the internet. It's only 20 pounds for a one-off one and it does 700 washies or something insane like that. Basically, I worked out for £20, it'll last me five years. Could you imagine doing washing in your clothes for five years for £20? It's crazy. And this is what we've been talking about the whole way through the show, is that in doing environmental actions and looking after the environment, we're not just saving the environment. We're not just trying to be more efficient. We're not saving just time. We're not making ourselves just feel good about it. We're also saving ourselves money and that's important to everybody. So we're saving the environment, we're making ourselves feel good, feel positive, feeling that we've done a good deed during Ramadan and we're saving money in our pocket. Now, if you remember when we had um, Zero Waste on and we had Kim Young with us and she was talking about food waste and how we could save 460 pounds on average for an average household a year by not throwing away food in the way that we do. I mean, think about that. We go to the supermarket, we buy some food, and we bring it home, we put it in our fridge for a couple of days, and then we chuck it in the bin. It is a crazy, crazy, crazy system that we have going on here. But what we need to do, if you remember what Kim was saying, is look at different ways of saving our food and being more food efficient. So that was just a few of the suggestions that we had. Now, did anybody else come up with some, some other different and interesting ways to save time, save energy and save the environment? You know, I've heard lots and lots of different tips from, from Nana over the past couple of weeks who was taking us back to times of old, times gone by, when it has been, you know, more frugal living and less, less living about, you know, oh, buy now and oh, we need to have the latest this and we need to have the latest that. Instead, living in a kind of time of make, do and mend, which is so important to, to everybody and, and so important to the environment. Because again, when we were talking about resources and when we were talking about waste um, with SEPA and we had Eleanor in the show with us, 
she was talking about the fact that you know things have to be brought to the UK from all over the world different things and in us having to use things and just buy them use them once and chuck them away this is meaning that it's having a really high effect on really high effect on the environment once again and um, it has a really high effect on the environment because we're using we're using travel miles and travel miles can cause a lot of issues with the environment as we know as well and and can can take a massive toll and also when we're bringing stuff from other other places in the world quite often they're having to do things like cut down trees which is causing deforestation in order to be able to produce the items that we are having in the first place and that we're getting in the first place. Feeding our souls, not feeding our stomachs and it is about feeding our souls with all the information that we can get about being Muslims and Islam and then carrying those actions on into our everyday life and if that's actions that can benefit the environment then those are the actions that we really want to be taking and those are actions that are really important to us as Muslims of course. Now, as I said earlier, we're going to be joined in the show by Zarina from Semvo, who's going to be discussing a lot of different things with us today, but hopefully one of them will be the environment. Zarina, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's our absolute pleasure. Now, as I said, you work for the organisation called Semvo, so can you tell us a little bit more about, about the organisation? Mm. So, Semvo stands for the Council of Ethnic Minority Voluntary Organisation, where um, we're a strategic partner of Scottish Government. What that means yeah. is that when Scottish Government have gaps in engagement with some of their policies or strategies, mm-hmm. working with a particular sector, so the ethnic minority sector in this case, yeah. then they come to an organisation like SEMVO and say, right, can you help us roll out this strategy or policy or do engagement work with this area of work? Oh, right. um, so that's the role of SEMVO, but vice mm-hmm. versa, we also represent the voice of the ethnic minority sector. So if there's um, if there's some issues arising within the sector, yeah. then we can take it up to Scottish Government and challenge them oh, wow. and say, well, yeah. what are you doing about this? Or we can take it up to public bodies. Mm-hmm. So one of the examples was um, previously there was a, an incident with a carpan. So the carpan is a knife that Sikhs carry. And oh, yeah. so they, if you're an Orthodox Sikh, you have it on your body, on your possession at all times and you're not to remove it. Oh. But when you went into court... Mm-hmm. For jury, for jury service, or maybe you were there for a witness, or whatever reason you're in court, yeah. you were asked to remove it. So this okay. caused a lot of discomfort and a lot of distress to a lot of Sikhs. Of course. So, so this it's meant to be, you know, something that they wear all the time. I suppose it would be similar, like asking a, a Muslim woman to take off her hijab, exactly. to walk into to something. Yeah. So exactly. Yeah. So it was a, a similar a similar situation as that. Mm-hmm. So then we had some dialogue with the court services and with the Sikh community, and then we were able to come to an agreement yeah. where they allowed them to change their rules. So they wow. cha- looked at the policies, they looked at the rules, and they've changed that. So now that they are much more amenable. Yeah. to Sikhs coming into court with a car park. That's brilliant. And that, that sounds like an absolutely amazing organisation. And you're able to engage both ways, both with Scottish government and with other local authorities and other authorities. But they're also able to engage with you and you're able to really advocate on behalf of all ethnic minorities and, and really help organisations to understand the cultural needs of, of different ethnic minorities that were maybe not understood before, which is fabulous. 
Yeah, so that mm-hmm. so it is it's 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 very interesting. The work we do is very interesting and it's very important as well. Yeah, um, and it's and it's good that there are organisations l- like Simbo out Definitely. there, um, and it and it's important to have that voice and that representation. Yeah, no, it really is. It really, it definitely is very important to have that representation because quite often people don't feel that they have their own voice. So it's great that organisations like yourself are able to bring that voice to people who who feel muffled in a sense. Yes, and um, I would say the problem sometimes that we have is that people don't realise that there are bodies out there that can represent them. Yeah. Right. Um, and that's why I enjoy my work because I actually work directly with communities oh, wow, and with brilliant. community organisations mm-hmm. and it is co- constantly telling them that either creating pathways for them yeah. and opening doors for them to be yeah. represented or saying, well, use us as a conduit and we can be used and we can have your voice. Definitely. So talking about you working with communities and everything, what is your role within the organisation? So my role is um, working on environmental projects and climate change. Fabulous. So my background was working on climate change. Okay. Right. Background, not not right at the beginning, but yes, uh-huh. at, at some stage in my life, I decided I wanted to have a career in the environmental sector. Oh, excellent. It was something that I was really passionate about. Um, yeah. And it was one of those things that, you know, when people say that they, knew, they know what they want to do when they were very young. Yeah. Right. I didn't know I wanted to do this, but I mm-hmm. knew I was very passionate about the environment from, from being about two. Oh, amazing. Well, apparently from, from the age of two, I wanted to be a bank manager. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so I uh, told people. But yeah. that's amazing that you knew from a really early age that, that this is what you wanted to do. Well, I wouldn't say I knew I wanted to do this, yeah, but, but, I, yeah. but I knew this was important and yes. it was important to me. I yeah. was one of these children that used to talk to plants and used to think that oh, every lovely. every living thing had a soul. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I was, a, I was a vegetarian. I didn't eat meat from, from being two years old just oh, because, yeah. So That's fabulous that, that, you know, from such an early age that you, you had this conviction that you knew what was right and what was wrong for you and, and you acted on it. That's, that's yeah. really fabulous and that brought you through the path to end up working in the environment. Yeah, which and is amazing. Yeah, and it's and it's and it's great because I just feel at home in the job that I do. Mm-hmm. So, which is a lovely place to be because I haven't always been here. And you, you do jobs, and you do jobs for the sake of money. You do jobs because that's what your education, yeah. your degree said that you were going to end up doing. Uh, and sometimes you struggle with those choices, and it takes time to find your place. And when you find it, you just think, "I'm in the right place. I'm doing the right thing." Oh, that's and it's fabulous. nice. Yeah, that's really nice. That's lovely, and and I know that more of us would want to have that feeling about about having no job. And actually, the more people that we've had in to speak about the environment and their work with the environment, so many of them have had this conviction that they feel it's the right place to be working, the right thing to be doing. And we had Lisa at the beginning um, of the the program who who spoke about, you know, always wanting to work in the environment and work in the community that she lived in and that she'd raised her family in and to put the two together and work in South Seeds was ideal for her and and was brilliant and she said every day she goes to work and she feels she's doing good and isn't that what we all want out of a job? Yeah, I would agree with that totally. I think that's why you have so much job satisfaction because you feel as if you're actually contributing to something, you're contributing to a bigger picture, you're contributing to something locally, you're making a difference. It's, yeah, and now I tell my children all the time, pick something that's going to make, you know, as in career choice, pick a career choice where you know you're going to make a difference to something 
and hopefully we might end up doing environmental work too. <laughs> <laughs> fingers crossed fingers crossed yeah, inshallah, inshallah they might inshallah. yeah definitely definitely no that would be very exciting uh, i know because having a family of environmentals but, but like my own family that's what i was about to say yeah, <laughs> i had um, as we all know kenny taylor was on the show from scottish national heritage my brother um, his wife works in SIPA and we've had SIPA on the show although it wasn't his wife but yeah it's definitely family mm-hmm. of, of environmentalists we're all about saving the planet yeah. um, one one family member at a time please yeah well my daughter's looking at she's she's um, she's into human rights as well and, and she's oh, quite a strong feminist so I'm trying to get her to look at um, environmental and feminism so like ecofeminism oh, definitely. so she's really interested in that so mm-hmm. that's really good and then my other daughter yeah, and my other daughter's also, um, she's, she's looking at health and nutrition, but again, she understands, because she's become a vegan, and she understands the detriment of our diet on ourselves, but also on the yeah. planet, so she wants to go down that path. Oh, amazing. Yes, and my youngest, well, we have to wait and see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so a family, again, of budding environmentalists, that is absolutely fabulous, and you never know, maybe one day they'll join you in SEMVO and, and fighting the environmental corner. So in SEMVO, obviously you're working with the environment and, and you're supporting communities. So what kind of things do you do in order to support the communities that you're working with? Right. So there's two parts of my job. One part is the Climate Challenge Fund. So Scottish Government have a fund called the Climate Challenge Fund, okay. which is available to all community groups. So that could be um, any group that's got a constitution. So you don't have to be a registered charity. Oh, fun. Right. Uh-huh. So you could be a sports group. You yeah. could be um, a ladies group that uh-huh. just meets up for teas and coffees for a social. Yeah. Um, you could be a faith group. Mm-hmm. Um, you could be a charity. You could be um, a school. Um, a PTA yeah. within a school. Okay. So this fund is available for for a number of groups, um, community groups, and it's got to be a community group because the funding is only for community-led projects. Okay. Um, so I work with Scottish Government in partnership with Keep Scotland Beautiful, yeah. who administer the fund for Scottish Government to help community groups from the ethnic minority sector to access that funding, to help develop projects, and then yeah. once they have the funding, then I help them support them to make sure that they're on track with their targets and their outcomes and they're, they're being able to deliver the project. Oh, that's fabulous. So even if they've never taken on a project before and they've never done any of this work, you will be able to be there to support them through the process and help them you know, work out what their outcomes are for it and, and how, to, how to get the funding in and how to apply for the funding and then how to through the whole process yes i'm there from right from the start of raising awareness of, of the funding so a lot of people didn't know the funding was out there yeah so the funding had been out there from 2008 to 2012 when i started working with semvo okay. and i'd be i my previous job was on a climate challenge funded pro- uh, project oh, in east asia mm-hmm. um, in the remote areas of east asia <laughs> and so when i came to semvo i'd come with my climate challenge head on and and again, we were able to go to Scottish Government and challenge them yeah. to say, okay, we, you've had this fund out. How many projects from the ethnic minority sector have actually applied for that funding yeah. or have been successful? Mm-hmm. Right. So they didn't have a huge number that had applied for it. They didn't have a record of how many had applied for it. But they, we knew that there's only three that had actually been funded. Three oh, wow. projects that had been funded it's between two thousand four and two th- two thousand and eight and two thousand and twelve. So over four years, only only not even one a year. That's not even one a year, yeah, and one right. of the and one of them was a pilot project. Okay. 
Right. Okay. So um, the Scottish government were aware that there was a huge gap because they had an evaluation done. So yeah. the timing was just right for us to come and have that conversation with Scottish government. Definitely. And um, But what really shocked me was that the answer to why, right? Okay. So they said their perception of the, the situation was that ethnic minorities aren't interested in climate change. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> and it was at that point you go, really? Right? Yeah. And they said, yeah, because they have other priorities like housing, employment, um, rac- racism, you know. Um, so they have all these other issues. So climate change is quite low on their agenda. It's kind of putting all ethnic minorities into, into one basket and presuming that everybody from an ethnic minority has the same issues that they're facing, which obviously is not the case. I, I think minorities face exactly the same issues as everybody else, so environmental protection and everything would have the same want and need to engage as any other community, really, when you think about it. Exactly. And yeah. so my so so our um our response to that was well have you actually engaged with the sector? Have you actually yeah. brought them into this dialogue? What have you done to talk about climate change with the sector for you to know that this is the case? And the answer was that, no, they hadn't. Right. Oh, that's crazy. So that was where we came in. So that's, so that's the role of Semvos. So we did a bit of um, work with Scottish Government. To, so we had a conference to show that community groups, you know, if given the chance, would be interested in the fund. Definitely. Right. Um, and that was really... The, the response that we got from that conference was amazing. So, I mean, we had over 80 organisations. All 80 organisations were like, well, give us the opportunity Fabulous. and we would be interested. Definitely. And then we looked at Scottish Government's tender documents to ensure that they had equality outcomes put into them so okay. that anybody that was applying to administer the fund for Scottish, on behalf of Scottish Government yeah. had to meet these equality outcomes. Okay. They had to meet these equality targets. Mm-hmm. Um. And so that was put in, so that was good. And then the next step was then KSB approached us to be a partner to deliver their equality outcomes. So if they were successful, we would be one of their partners. And that was good. So that was like very proactive. So it all became very proactive. And so since then, so since 2013 to the present day, we have now had over 120 projects that have been funded through the Climate Challenge Fund. MashaAllah, that's yeah. amazing. That's absolutely, from three to over an... an In an equivalent time yes, frame as well. Um, is, and it's amazing. Brilliant. It is. It is amazing because from being something that everybody thought was going to be a hard sell because this was yeah. a community that was a hard-to-reach community, a disadvantaged community, a disengaged community, people... Um, you know, it was like the, the environmental agencies did not know how to engage with this community. Yeah. So um, it was probably the easiest job I've ever done. Oh, right. <laughs> the easiest job I've ever done. And I would say there was two reasons for that. Mm-hmm. One reason was faith. Yeah. Right. So faith is a huge driver in getting um, individuals and people to understand their responsibility towards climate change yeah it really it really is it's it's one of the things that makes me want to do good for the environment it is one of the pushing driving forces is is my beliefs and that that i know that allah created everything and that it's my responsibility to look after it and and to do good by it so if you look at islam for, for example i mean there are so many sayings and so many proverbs in the hadith and the quran about our responsibility our role Definitely. what the environment is 
yeah. um, um, what we need to do is quite explicit. Yeah. Um, we just have to look for those little gems and they're there and you just have to pull them out to yeah, remind yeah. us. Yeah, um, really so, so faith was very important um, and not only Islam but looked at Hinduism, looked at Sikhism, looked at Christianity, Buddhism, yeah. all of these faiths have all got something in them to remind us that we have responsibility for our planet, our environment, and it's our we can't exploit it. Definitely. We have to look after it. Yeah, no, definitely. I don't think I've come across a faith that hasn't talked about God's creation and the world's creation and how we're supposed to how we're supposed to look after it. And even in religions where there is not one single God or one single being, it still mm. talks about the oneness of the planet and how it's all interconnected and how everything should be together hand in hand. So yeah, faith is definitely, definitely one that, that would be a, a grabbing point for, for a lot of people. And then the second one was that a lot of the groups that I worked with were um, of groups that had connections to other parts of the world. Now, these other parts of the world, climate change was real. Yes. All right. So definitely. even though we, the groups that I was working with may not have the, the technical know-how, the, the they did not have knowledge of the jargon words, but climate change was not an abstract concept to them. And yeah. Scotland, sitting in Scotland, we're in a bubble. As yeah. you know, it's like, how bad is climate change here? You know, we have a bit of flood, or we have a heat wave, or yeah. we a heat wave just like 25 degrees in Glasgow. You know, <laughs> you know, and um, we have a really bad spell of winter, but. Mm -hmm. It's not got the same detrimental effects as climate change has in other parts of the world, like Pakistan at the moment. Yes. I mean, we we'll just even look at Pakistan at the moment with having a heat wave, and there's 67 lives that just were reported being lost because yeah. of the heat wave. Um, it is devastating when you think about the fact that this is due to the environment, that this is simply due to climate change. and. And unfortunately, we're still not taking it as seriously as we should be. You know, people, and I've talked about this already in the show, about people have lost their lives and people have lost their homes and had to be moved away from from their their ancestral homes because of climate change and people are dying because of it. And that's that's just so upsetting. And, and by doing little things and everyone by doing little things, we can help to, to change this in, in some way and help hopefully in the future prevent these unnecessary deaths from occurring. You're right. I think we just need to be aware that we can be con conscious consumers, is what I would say, is to be aware of what we do, what we buy, yeah. uh, how we live, um, and that can all actually start making those ripple effect changes that we want to see in the world and yeah. in the planet and to, and, to, and to other people as well, to our brothers and sisters. We want to be able to, to make sure that we're not in any way destroying their lives and their homes. Definitely, because I mean, think about it, how would we feel if it was the other way around and that the world was, was being destroyed around us because of what other people in other places were doing and, and we would want people to be a little bit more conscious of, of what's going on and, and how their actions are affecting us. You know, so as you say, it's, it's so important. But Folks, welcome back. Thanks very much for staying with us. Before the break, we were talking to Zarina from Semvo about the, the global impacts of climate change and, and the effects that this is having around the world in different places. Serena, I know that you have some, some different stories about what, what you know about what's going on in different places and, and happening to different people. Yeah, I was just going to say that um, part of my job is like 
meeting people from all over the world yeah. um, in Scotland, in Glasgow, and talking to them and hearing their stories yeah. and why they're, int- why they're doing the work they do. Okay. And, and, and that, was, that made my job easier to understand somebody else's starting point. Yeah. So I was with a, a women's group a few years ago. It was Amina Women's Resource Centre. Okay. And so this was a group of 55-plus women, age group. As in 55 okay. plus eight, <laughs> okay. right? Um, and so for me, they were like, at that time, I would classify them as my aunties, right? <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, as you call them, your Auntie G's. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I was having a conversation with them, and, and people were saying, oh, they're not going to be interested in climate change. You know, what they're going to, you know. So these were like the organisers of Amina Women's Resource yeah. Centre, you know. So some of the project managers and the coordinators, and were like, oh, you know, we're going to have really, it's going to be difficult to talk to them about climate change. Is there something else that we can do? Mm-hmm. And so again, for me, it was, have you had that conversation with them? Yeah. You know? And so there was one particular lady that we were talking to, and it was her story that has always struck by me. And I was saying to her, so what, what brought you to this workshop? Because we were actually going to see, I think, Whiteley's Wind Farm or something. Okay. And I said, you know, how come you've come? Because... It wasn't just tri- it wasn't just a jaunt. It wasn't a, just a trip, yeah. a day out. You know, th- it was educational. Yeah. And she goes, well, my son is a journalist, mm-hmm. and he's been out in Pakistan, and he was there when it was flooded. Okay. Right. So he comes back and so tells me one. these stories about what's happened in Pakistan. Yeah. And she goes, for me, it's devastating to know that our lifestyle here in the West, even though she was Pakistani origin, yeah. she's in our lifestyles here in the West contribute to the lives being lost in Pakistan. And that has always struck by me, yeah. to see that don't judge people because everybody has a story. Definitely. Um, so that was one story. Then there was another one where I was working with an African group. Okay. Right, so this African group, and most of the women there were from, from Central Africa, so we're talking about like Nigeria, Cameroon, Congo. So yeah. they were from that uh, that region, and they had brought in. There was some celebration event that they were having, so there was some local Scottish women that were there too. Okay. Right, mm-hmm. and we were talking about waste and resources, and we were talking about the impact that waste has had on on the planet. So we're talking yeah. about landfill, and um, so we started talking about landfill in Scotland and what that what does that look like, and then we started talking about landfill in Africa and what it looked like, and uh-huh. where most of those resources were coming from, because a lot of um, what happens in the Western world is that we shift our problems to other parts of the world, and that yes. includes and that includes waste. Yeah. And a lot of that waste ends up in Africa because they have the land there. You see, of course, yes. but it's all the toxins that are produced when it goes to landfill that we we turn a blind eye to. Well, it's not in our country anymore, so exactly. why should we worry? Why should yeah. we worry? So Precisely. yeah, so we don't yeah. know about it. So what difference does it make? Mm-hmm. So so these women who were from Africa, from from Nigeria, Congo, and they were saying, well. This is what happens when that waste comes to our country. And they were mm-hmm. telling the stories about how young children have to rummage through broken bits, because especially computers, old computers go out there, but there's oh. like certain chips that are of, of value, but yeah. you have to rummage for these chips. So they uh-huh. don't go into like, um, they don't go into factories, they go into like a landfill site. So and so young children are like in the ground dumped in the ground. So kids are rummaging about in. Uh-huh. So, so they, not only are they getting cuts, um, so the, the cuts get septic, but they're also breathing in toxins as well, yeah. and then become really ill. And That's and then the same, and then it goes. We have a beautiful country. We had a beautiful country. We yeah. don't have a beautiful country now. And because what we've, we've dumped our waste. We've there. dumped our waste there, 
right? And we had healthy children. We don't have healthy children, yeah, right? And um, and when the the Scottish women were listening to these women, they just burst out crying. They just burst out crying with so, so much guilt, with so much guilt, because they just said, mm-hmm. "We did not realize that we were doing this to you." No, yeah, uh, you so know, but that's that's devastating, and it's something that that we so often don't think about, and. It, is the fact that we're just dumping our problem on somebody else's doorstep and quite often it's somebody else who is actually very disadvantaged compared to ourselves and we're putting our problem on them and actually we think, oh, well, we don't need to worry about it, but we're making people's lives worse and especially as Muslims, well, everybody should feel this way, but especially as Muslims and at this time of year, we should really be taking that seriously that by turning a blind eye to something, it's just as bad as is actually going out and dumping it there yourself. I mean, I, w- I would agree with you. I would agree with you totally. Yeah, and this is why I say that we have to be conscious consumers. We really do. We really have to consider what it is that we're doing and how it is that we're doing it. And you know what you said about having these conversations with people to learn. You know, through the show, we've been saying to people, pick just one thing. Pick one thing in your life that you can change to become more environmentally friendly. But maybe along with that, we should be also saying start having those conversations you know that random person who you think would never be interested in the environment you know you've got a wee bit interested through a project you're doing or listening to this show or learning stuff at school or your kids learning stuff then think of the other people who might be interested start having those conversations start having the environmental conversation because so often it's swept under the rug and we go oh no don't talk about that because <laughs> in Scotland we're okay but no and I think I think you're right because people shy away from it because they think oh my god climate change is such a big subject yeah. we don't know about it they think about the technical side of it because we associate carbon footprint carbon emissions yeah what do we know about that and um, then you have all the climate cynics out there but you know climate change is real it's happening it's happening around the world people are getting affected and we, ha- we do have that responsibility. For me, it's, it is, like you said, have a conversation. Mm-hmm. And that's what made my job so easy because I heard these stories. Yeah. And I thought, well, if these stories, these are stories from everyday people. They're not from scientists. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not from experts. They're not from people that have been working in the field for so many years. No. These are just real people that have these real stories. So no. that was what was so powerful about the work I was doing because I was able to tap into these stories and say well, look, this is happening. Let's mm-hmm. do something. No, definitely. Because so often when, obviously, the scientists are very important and, and they need to know when they're doing the research and everything, but quite often it goes over the top of your head. You've no idea what they're talking about, you know, and, and it doesn't make a lot of sense. And you think, oh, something else about climate change. <laughs> it makes absolutely no sense to me. But when you're having the conversations, people are telling you real stories about our children are getting hurt, our lands are getting flooded. We've had to move because... The desert has grown even bigger and it took up where we used to camp and we used to live and used to graze our animals, but we've had to now move 100 miles further. Whereas that's real. You can understand that. You can understand that form of climate change. And, you know, more than possibly, you know, there's a big layer of something up there which is preventing this and people think, oh, it makes no sense, I can't see it. I don't, <laughs> I don't get it. Or people talk about a hole in the ozone layer and it's closing but now it's growing. And, you know, these things that you can't visualise it, whereas you can visualise losing your home. You can visualise having to watch your child go out every day to rummage in rubbish, Yeah. you know? And, and, and you can visualise the pain and the heart and the difficulty that that could cause you. Yeah, so, yeah, it is just... See, it is taking those stories and just 
being able to try to empathize with people that have been affected and yeah. to understand that actually we are responsible we are the causes for that so we as in all of us all of us human beings on this planet but especially us in the western world because our lifestyles yeah. actually contribute this to this so yeah. uh, like you said to visualize what's happening in other parts of the world is important because like you said there's deforestation so yeah. deforestation what does that mean deforestation is just lots of trees get chopped down trees are important for the environment because they help to keep the ecosystem going they help to uh, balance the atmosphere that we have yeah right but these trees have to be chopped down to co to create factories industry yeah right for the demand of things that we need right so on one side it, we is need, it need or want though there yeah. so this is what i was going to say on one side yeah. is it need yeah. or is it want is it greed yeah. do we actually need everything that we think we need um, and then we have economics so to bring economics into the equation mm -hmm. and this is where the cynics come in because um we, you know everybody talks about climate change and they think well maybe it's not real and this and um, you know, it gets confusing because you hear different stories about climate change and you think, well, maybe it's not happening or it's just natural, it's just nature, it's just the, the yeah. course of nature is taking its, its, its course at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, but when you look at the things that we're doing as an industry and an industrial revolution, that has actually speeded up the course of nature and that's what climate yeah. change is. No, definitely. And and one of the things that I often say to cynics is um, whether climate change is happening or not isn't really the, the important thing. We know it is happening, but you know, if people want to believe it's not happening, if creating a better future for ourselves, for our children, for our children's children is wrong, then I want to be wrong because it doesn't matter whether or not climate change is happening. The fact is what we're doing in protecting the environment is protecting for future generations and, and that's one of the big things we should be doing. So whether or not it's real, actually taking these actions are important. Right. Whether or not you believe in climate change is important to, to maintain a good and healthy planet for our future. Totally, totally. So yeah, so I mean, if we take steps and we do things that we know are the right things to do and know they're the right things to do to look after the environment and to look after each other, then does it really matter about climate change? Yeah. You know, it, that term climate change, does yeah. it matter? Um, but yeah, it's interesting, very interesting. No. And, um, and then we have the whole issue around economy as well, because economy seems to be a conflict with climate change. So yes. with environmental issues. Yeah, really so if we is. want to have a good economy, we have to destroy our environment. But do we? Is there, is there a way that we can balance the two? No, definitely. And that, that's something that we should all be thinking about. You know, you can still have your flash car and, and still be being good to the environment. You know, you can still have nice things, but still do it in an environmentally friendly way. And, you know, we can still, you know, charge your phones, charge your iPads, charge everything all at the same time if you want. But just choose environmental ways of doing it. You know, choose the environmental energy supplier and choose the environmental clothing production places and, and just choose the environmental foods. You know, go organic, go vegan, go go green, just in different aspects of your life. And it doesn't mean that you can't still have nice things. It just means that you have to then start looking at how you're buying and how you're spending. And as you said before, being a conscientious, you know, 
fire of, of different things and, and that's what's really important. Yeah, and I think you hit on something there, um, Lindsay, which was about that you don't need to not have. Yeah. And I think when people talk about climate change, um, especially some of the experts, and and I think it comes across sometimes in, in certain areas and certain sectors yeah. that you need to do with less. Yeah. Right. Yes, we, we, are, a, we are a nation now that are, are a disposable nation, as I would say, that we buy too much and we don't always need yeah, everything. But at the same time, it doesn't mean that we have to go back to the dark ages. Yeah. You know, like you said, there are other ways of doing it. There are alternatives. And so I say, well, let's have a look at the alternatives. Mm-hmm. And let's see if we can have a lifestyle that matches with our needs, but also is, is not detrimental to the environment. Yeah. No, definitely. And that, that's so important. It's about, you know, looking at the, the, the changes. And that's all about behaviour change. But behaviour change can take a while. And... Is part of your role in, in Sembo, you work with community groups and um, and quite often it is the community groups that are, are leading the way with behaviour change and, and really shaking things up because trying to do behaviour change on a national scale can be quite difficult but, but why is that so important and why is that such a big part of your role is working with the community groups in, in our areas? But like you said Lindsay, um, so it is working with communities is where you're going to get that behaviour change. Yeah. Right. So it's having those conversations, being able to get the tips, the practical advice, the know-how on how to do things. This comes out of the community. Yeah. Right. Um, and it's just like we once we start making our own personal changes, then that has a ripple effect on our social friends, our social circle, mm-hmm. our friends and family then get affected. Like you said, yeah. like all your all your family are in the environmental sector. Yeah. And hopefully my family will be too. Yeah. And slowly I can see I can see my mum I remember back like ten years ago when I was quite an avid recycler and my mum just didn't get it. Yeah. She just said, just put everything into one bin. Why <laughs> do you need to sort stuff out? And now when I go to her house, it's like if you make one little mistake and you get like paper into the plastic you know it's like what are you doing Serena you know what I mean you know yeah so (laughs) she said so those little changes happen Mm -hmm. and you're right they take time but that's where you get that bigger change by starting with yourself starting with your social circle starting with your wider community yeah and then and it becomes powerful those changes actually make a big difference and I think we probably don't realize it but they they do they Mm -hmm. have a big effect and they have a knock-on effect Uh, and I think also it goes back to being the experts. I yeah. think we have that expertise within us. We have that knowledge. Like you said, some of your um, past uh, guests have come on. Like Nana has come on and told you about the tips that they've done Definitely. in the past. And it's great to hear those because those are the practical tips that we need to know on how to do things. Yeah, no, definitely. Those things were forgotten. But like you were saying with, with your mum, you know, back in the day, she wasn't quite up there and now she is, you know, all about the recycling and everything, that, which is amazing. And my mum was the same, you know, she was she was quite environmental because my brother and my sister-in-law were into the environment. But when I started working at Almazan, she got so much more involved. You know, my mum's an avid knitter and she started a knitting bee at Almazan. She took part in a sewing group and she had all this material and wool and piles of stuff in the house. But she kept going out and buying more. But now she's slowly but surely working through the boxes. She's sharing it with people. She started doing stuff like ripping out old jumpers. Well, they're not being worn anymore. She rips them out and reuses the wool. So, Brilliant, yeah. yeah. She's, she's loving it and she's loving being part of 
of you know this feel good factor that you get when you're when you're doing stuff for the environment and you know she's retired now so saving a bit of money all also helps her quite a bit which is fabulous and she's just getting the whole spectrum of being environmental you know and and thinking a bit greener in in her actions and and she's loving it yeah and, that, and that's similar to my mum as well I would say it's exactly the same story with yeah. my mum like she's getting older and she would be one of these people that you would think you know what does she know about climate change you know yeah you know what conversation can you have with her about climate change but I know now that when I drive her down the M74 down to Manchester and we go past the wind uh, the wind turbines yeah and she start asking me questions about them oh, so she good. knows that this renewable energy she even uses the term renewable energy <laughs> you know and then she'll say to me but where does that energy get stored she just you know for her she still doesn't understand where the energy gets stored and I have to tell her that it doesn't get stored and you yes. have to use it up <laughs> and you know but it's these conversations that she's having and yeah. it's and it's really good because it means that she's having these conversations she'll be having them with her friends yeah. And, and it's just like you said it's, let's have these conversations mm-hmm. let's not turn a blind eye to them no, and it's not a difficult conversation to have no no it's really not and you know that's one of the things that reminds me of um, when I went to Revolve um, mm-hmm. a couple of years ago and, and what, like you were saying lots of people think oh the older generations what do they know but it was the older generations who pushed for Revolve to happen when Revolve's an organisation that recycles clothes it teaches about sewing it has a swap shop and it teaches about skills that we've a lot of us have all forgotten. And these are skills that we actually need in order to be more environmental, in order to be more user-friendly with, with our products. I think there's a stigma attached to some of some of the work yeah. around environmental. So like, let's say like the swap shops and uh, using up old material and is um, having um, walking or, or cycling and not using yeah. a car there's a whole issue of stigma as well attached to that and I think we've got to move away from from that stigma and I can see yeah. over the last four or five years in the sector that people are actually starting to move away from it so before I remember five years ago when I was working with community groups and you, if you asked them to cycle it was like how dare you ask us to cycle when we've got cars mm-hmm. and we can you know we should be able to use our cars that's yeah. why you know our, we've worked hard for these cars, so we should be able to use our cars and and show them off, as well. So if we're cycling, that's like saying we're poor, we don't have money mm-hmm. to buy a car. Do you really want us to do that? And I'm like trying to say to them, no, that's not the purpose of this. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so I think it's like trying to break those stigmas and those barriers. Now I think it's quite important, um, and I think because our parents uh, or grandparents had little and had yeah. to make do then it was passed on to generations that we've become more affluent yeah. and we have more disposable income and that gives us the right, in a way, yeah. to be irresponsible. And it's, tra- it's probably just trying to remember that we don't have to be irresponsible. No, definitely. We really have to think about what we're doing in our actions. And, but talking about being responsible and, and our actions and different things, do you have any hints or tips for our users or our listeners at home before we we say goodbye for the for the day well i would say get involved with projects that like you said like your mum, lindsay who got involved with al nazan yeah. and and so they have like projects and they have lots of different things that are going on to help you understand what little things that you can do so how to recycle or how to upcycle yeah sometimes you think 
you don't know what to do. You might have all these plastic bottles in your house and you think, what am I going to do with these plastic bottles? But there might be a project out there that's using the plastic bottles for something. Definitely. So if you get involved with projects, so there's a number of projects in the community that are doing uh, work on climate change. So what I would say is get involved with them, whether it's a cycling project, a transport project, a food waste project. Yeah. There's so many different things that are happening um, and they're fun as well. I would say most of them are actually fun projects. So yeah, get involved. Excellent, definitely. Zarina, I cannot thank you enough for joining us today and and talking about your work within the sector and how you got involved and, and just sharing your passion with you know about environmental protection with us today it's been truly fabulous so thank you for that thank you for having me bye thank you bye-bye folks it's almost at the end of the show you know it's been it's been a, a really great insightful journey and i hope that we've all learned so much i know that i certainly have talking to all the different agencies and organizations who we've had in to speak with us over over the weeks and and you know it's just been absolutely inspirational we have learned so much and had so many different points of view on with us but we've had one over overwhelming point of view and that is get involved get involved in the community groups get involved in environmental action and and if you're looking for a community group and you're not sure where to start then go on to keep scotland beautiful's website and they have all of the community groups throughout the whole of scotland either that or contact zarina herself and she will be able to tell you what groups are going on and what kind of activities you can get involved in and that's through Semvo. So again, just get onto the website and, and get out there, get involved, you know, and don't think, oh, but I might not like it. You only have to go once. Go once and give it a try. And do you know what? You might not like it. Try another one because there are so many different organisations out there. We've, and we've had so many of them over the past couple of weeks. We've had energy efficiency, we've had cycling, we've had food, We've had growing, we've had resources, we've had absolutely everything. So the two things I would ask people to really think about taking away from this show is just one thing. If we can change just one thing in our lives, because, you know, as Serena was talking about today, if we take that thing and we change it, it will have a ripple effect onto the rest of our family and our friends and our community, and it will just ripple through into hopefully, eventually, the whole of the nation. And also, if we can have those environmental conversations, so speak to people, people who you would think, why why would they be interested? Who knows why they would be interested? And do you know what? Before you had a conversation with them, they might never have been interested. And then you had that conversation and it's really got them going and it's made them think, wow, this is something I want to get involved in. This is something that I want to do. Just think if you were that person that brought somebody else to the environment because, you know, Alhamdulillah, I've helped one or two people on that journey and it has felt absolutely amazing. And every time I see that they're doing something like cycling or planting or or wearing a piece of clothing more than once, because I know a few people who wouldn't do that before, you know, when I see these people doing these actions, I think, wow, wow, and how much of the environment are you saving in doing just these little actions? Because, you know, little actions turn into big deeds. Folks, thank you so much for joining us through this journey. I have been your host, Lindsay Taylor, and I'd like to take this time to thank all of the guests. More importantly, I would like to thank all of our listeners at home, you yourself, so give yourselves a massive congratulations for getting through this journey with us. It has been, it's been hard going at times, but you know, alhamdulillah, we will definitely reap the rewards for it. So, jazakallah khair, salam alaikum.
For more information and to listen to more podcasts, visit us at arc.score or check out the Arc Media app.